This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. And welcome in to the Pirate Radio Podcast. I'm Shirley Rhodes. On January 3rd, we had a chance to visit with former ECU quarterback Holton Ehlers to talk about his upcoming podcast and also his decision to sign with the Arlington Renegades of the UFL. And Holton Ehlers joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. We've got a lot to talk about with Holton. Happy New Year to you. How you doing, Holt? Happy New Year, man. Uh, doing good. Uh, excited for the new year and, you know, things coming with it. Get to keep playing some football. Get to start a podcast soon. So exciting year coming ahead. A lot going on. Let's uh, let's talk here locally first and talk about the Holton Naylor Show, which is coming to Pirate Radio. We are excited about it. Been excited about it for a while and it's about to become a reality. So when will the first show be dropping? The 11th, next Thursday. Um, the Holton Naylor's first Holton Naylor Show will be dropping on YouTube, um, all podcast platforms, and then the next day on Pirate Radio as well. Um, so excited about that, and uh, yeah, excited to get it going. And once again, you'll be doing this show with the walk-ons. Tell everybody uh, your crew. Yeah, Caden Norman, uh, former ECU quarterback Jack Powers, former ECU linebacker and Drew Dotter, former ECU defensive back. So uh, we got a cool crew. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun guests on. Got a lot of fun plan once next thursday will just be us so you can kind of get used to us get used to the segments and then from there we'll go with some guests and uh make it fun that's awesome so debuting next thursday uh on youtube wherever you get your podcast we'll also air it here on the pirate radio airwaves the holt naylor show coming up and then the other piece of big news holton is uh you are a part of the new ufl so the xfl the usfl have combined into one league uh the ufl and you have been signed by the arlington renegades i have yeah i'm excited to keep playing some football have a chance to get back into the nfl if i have a good year so uh should be exciting you know i had a couple offers play from play for some different teams i had a couple offers go play in canada but uh you know thought the best opportunity for me to play for a good team in a good league and a lot of excitement around the league so uh, excited about that when does the uh the league begin and, and what's on your calendar as far as football duties yeah so march 30th is the first game between um us and the stallions the winner of the usfl um and then i leave for dallas i'll be living in dallas um and i leave there i report february 23rd so we got about a month of camp five weeks of camp uh and then it's go time it's skip still with birmingham he is yeah so right. i uh i had a couple calls with them and, and their gm but um they they actually have one of skip's old college quarterbacks is there that they feel good about so i, I decided to, to go with arlington and it feels like this league is on pretty good footing now right with the so you've got a usfl conference and an xfl conference and combining everything they've got the resources things like that still backed by the rock if yes, i'm not mistaken yes, so the rock is still financially back. you're there tv deal is there I, I, I bring that up because bryce williams who joins us every week uh was a part of the aaf which did not make it yep. through a full year and he just talked about you know how football you tried to focus on practice and stuff but you didn't have your uniforms and equipment <laughs> and stuff like that feels like you're not gonna have to worry about that little stuff here in this i week. sure hope not yeah. uh, i mean i'm sure there will be i mean it's, obviously it's not the nfl so i mean there's not that much money into it but there is a lot of money into it and uh, obviously with the rock and then the two leagues combining there's gonna be a lot of good competition look there's only eight teams now you know there used to be with two different leagues there was up to 20 teams and you know players were split up but you know now it's you know eight teams and the best players that aren't in the nfl are going to be playing in this league 
Have you talked to your uh, your head coach? Yes, I have. Bob we've, Stoops. Uh, yeah, we've talked. So I'm, I'm working on getting him on the podcast as well once I get up there. <laughs> and uh, very interesting list of head coaches here. Skip Holtz, uh, Curtis Johnson. Do I know his name from Tulane, I want to say, in, in New Orleans maybe? I, I don't know, maybe. Uh, Mike Nolan uh, was certainly an NFL coach, defensive coordinator for years. Wade Phillips is a legend. <laughs> Anthony Becht, former Jets tight end. So uh, a lot of names involved here in in the ufl which will begin coming up uh, later on this calendar year and holton aylers will be a part of that let me ask you a maybe unanswerable difficult question holton and i'm gonna be honest with you there were times oh boy during your east u career where i did not look at holton aylers as an nfl quarterback but where i'd use the list <laughs> the way you finished your career what you did in the all-star games and most notably what you did in the preseason where you absolutely belonged and showed that um my tune changed i was like yeah holden certainly has a place in the nfl so why especially in a year where we have all these quarterback injuries and quarterbacks go down were you did you not get that call i'm pretty baffled by it i'm sure you are as well right yeah it's it's a weird nfl is a weird business um and it's it's a lot about who you know um a lot of these guys who are getting calls are guys that are vets now that are older guys i mean i got literally told by seattle that they just wanted a guy with more experience yeah um also got told that they were going to call me back that's another story (laughs) they never did but uh they ended up getting a guy with experience but that's what I'm going to do now with the UFLs. I'm going to go get experience so teams can't say that anymore. And, you know, like you said, I mean, I felt like I played good in the preseason to show, and I had a really good camp, too, to show that, you know, I am an NFL quarterback. But for some reason, they wanted a guy with more experience, which, look, that's, I mean, if they said they wanted a guy that was right handed or anything like that, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, whatever. They wanted a faster guy, I could work on it, but I can't make myself have more experience, but sure. get more experience. So um, that's what I'm going to go do. And then, um, look, I mean, this is my last shot. You know, I want to go out there and play and just have fun. And, you know, if it unfolds where, you know, I play really well and, you know, which I think I will do and have a shot back at the NFL, then if it happens, it happens. But, you know, I'm happy with the way my career has been and, you know, excited for this next venture. Relation, a great answer with experience and also the relationships answer. I think about when uh, our uh, friend Terrence Copper used to come on and talk about how he formed a relationship early on with Todd haley and as soon as todd haley got a head coching job terrence was one of the first guys he called and said hey yeah i want you here and yeah. you you bring in your guys so like if donnie kirkpatrick was an assistant <laughs> with the seahawks or latrell scott or you know that you, yeah. you form those relationships you really don't have that with a lot of nfl coaches yeah. right now so and that's that how part. it is and the guys that are getting signed are literally guys who were kind of like you said that maybe their oc from their rookie year ends right. up being a head coach or something like that so um, i mean you never know i mean i did build some relationships when i was there but also like in the nfl a lot of it's the gm and stuff unless you are a head coach head coaches and gm have a lot but position coaches just got to coach whoever's in the room so um you know i had a great relationship obviously with pete but um i mean he's not really controlling who the third quarterback is you know i mean he's more involved with the guys that are playing as much so um i don't know we'll see I always wonder about this, too. Do you look at the Seahawks and say, man, those are my my buddies now. Go Seahawks. Or do you have a bitter taste when you see the Seahawks play on Sunday? I cheer for my boys. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm still close to a lot of them. I, like, I, I'm really close with Drew. And when he was playing well, yeah. it was cool and got a chance to talk to him. So um, a lot of those guys that are playing are good dudes. And um, most of them really are. And even the coaches, too. So I don't, I don't have anything negative to say about them. Yeah. Holden Naylor's joining us. Uh, not burning any bridges here on Pirate Radio yeah. Live. That's smart. <laughs> uh, but joining the UFL 
and, and you kind of said it there so you're going to keep this uh this football career alive and and get that experience and that it's going to be fun do you know how many quarterbacks uh Arlington has like are you set to be the starter or you got a, a battle yeah so they won they won the championship last year with a, a veteran guy in the spring leagues he hasn't played too much in the NFL so they they kind of got a veteran guy but um from what the GM told me and what the coaches told me is they want someone young to come in and kind of win the job so it's gonna be an open competition you know I had offers to go to other places where I probably could have you know been the starter walking in and uh, not have to worry about it, but they, they weren't as good teams didn't have as good offense alignment and organizations you know guys coaches and GM stuff like that so um, I didn't I mean I picked somewhere where I'm gonna have to go compete which I'm not afraid of I never have been so uh, I'm just gonna go and, and be myself and you know hopefully that's enough and I guess you kind of said this path with the UFL is a little you think bit of an easier one than the CFL perhaps getting to the NFL getting to the NFL yeah just because the UFL is literally set up to get guys back into the NFL, whereas the CFL is more of a career. Right. Um, CFL plays the same time around. They mix and match the same time with the NFL. So it's hard to – like if I played that, I would play next season, and then the next season I would get an NFL shot rather than I can play this spring and get back into it next yeah. NFL season. You could be in a camp yeah. like after your season, yeah. uh, which we've seen, I think, like Garrett McGinn do yep. several he's times. He's a teammate and, of mine too, so uh, he's with Arlington. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is um, – Where's Josh Hawkins? Is he? He was with Arlington. Yeah, for a little bit I know so he suffered not... an injury yeah. last um, year. I think he. I don't know if he's still signed with them. But I know he played for them for a little bit as well. Yeah, so uh, got a little pirate flavor yeah, there. That's pretty sure. cool. Holden Naylor's joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. You got a question for Holden? Uh, you can get it in. Uh, Ryan says it's like the job market. You need experience to get experience. Yep. Well absolutely. said. Absolutely. Um, Steve says Holden should intern at Pirate Radio on the side. He uh, kind of bypassed the internship <laughs> and went right to hosting a show. So uh, he's on the fast track there. Uh, so. Yeah, the uh, Holden Naylor show debuting next week right here uh, on Pirate Radio and where you get your podcast and here on uh, Pirate Radio TV, which uh, we hit that 3,000 subscriber mark. We want to keep that number growing. So hit that like, hit that subscribe, and be a part of our family here at Pirate Radio. Ryan says Noah Henderson also listed on yep. Arlington's roster. Yeah. Big Noah. Big Noah's coming with me, yeah. Awesome. Spent some time in Buffalo's camp, I believe. Yep. And uh, look, everybody trying to to get that spot and and boy garrett mcginn's great to talk to when we get him on the show because he's been through it all he has been yeah, on so many practice squads preseason rosters he's been in these leagues and if anybody wants to talk about the business of pro football he knows it he knows it yeah. and uh and holden's experienced a little bit of that since leaving east carolina as well uh speaking of the business of football college football huge business and Holden, what is your overall take? Because you played in and won a bowl game and won a bowl game for East Carolina for the first time in almost a decade. So that was a big deal. Um, I'll say as a viewing fan, the games – when I say the games don't matter, I mean if you win, you don't advance to anything. If you lose, either way, your season's over. So from that standpoint – it doesn't matter. It certainly matters to you guys, the coaches, things like that. What? Is, how about being out of it for a year? Did you watch a lot of bowls this year? What's your take on the bowls? I watched a, a good bit of them. I think it's good for your fan bases. I mean, I think like it, it matters if like it mattered to ECU when we got to a bowl game and we won, and then it mattered to you know these teams that you know I guess I'm watching a high school one now, but you know, whatever bowl games that are on, like I mean, I think that it matters to their fan bases. Now, do I think that some of them are 
not pointless, but you're watching them. And if you're not one of those fans and you're not betting on the game, then, you know, why is it a bowl game? But at the same time, <laughs> I mean, it does matter to these kids. And yeah. then, I mean, it certainly mattered to us. And like you said, we kind of broke a bowl streak. I mean, I, I remember that for the rest of my life. I remember winning it. And then, you know, if you win, you get a ring too. So, I mean, you'll have that for the rest of your life. So, I mean, I, I definitely think they're, um, they're not meaningless, but I mean, like you said, I haven't really thought about, you know, you don't advance, you know, this is your last game, but that's also a cool thing for some players. You know, some of these guys are, you know, that's their last chance to play ball. So, uh, I mean, I think they definitely matter. I will say I was into what happened on Monday and Monday night and yeah. the playoff games. And we saw two, I don't, I don't know if I want to say good games, close games. They were sloppy. I was shocked to see games like 14, 15 for some of these teams. And we're seeing the special teams miscues. And uh, McCarthy comes out, throws a pick on the first play. And uh, boy, that that's a, it's a game of inches. That one could have got away from Michigan early. It's called back. And they're able to recoup, uh, recoup a little bit. Uh, but how about Michigan, a, a team that East Carolina saw this year, knocking off Bama, a great drive at the end of the game to win that one. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really good game. And, you know, the sloppiness, you also got to think these guys haven't played in about a month. You know, you're used to playing every single week, and then you have a month True. off, whether you're practicing or not. And a lot of these bowl practices, you know, the young guys get some practice until about two weeks into it, um, you know, two weeks out of the game day. So uh, I the – the sloppiness didn't surprise me too much. And then also, like, I was kind of – it was kind of weird. Um, Texas, like, they used a true freshman guy that they hadn't used returning punts. And same with Michigan, the guy that fumbled the first uh, punt return. They're like, this is his first punt return of the the season with a freshman. I'm like, well, why are you sticking him back there now? <laughs> You're in the playoff, dude. Like, why are you putting new guys out there? So, um, the sloppiness, some of it I feel like, you know, didn't surprise me. And then, like I said, those decisions to put those guys back there, that was a little questionable. Those are, those are coaching decisions, yeah, maybe weird. more so than the players yeah. uh, being sloppy in those cases. Texas losing to Washington as a lefty. Like, do you like other lefty quarterbacks? When you watch Penix, are you yes. like, yeah, that's my guy? Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> I, uh, I really hadn't had a chance to watch them too much this year because they play so late yeah. um, at night, but I was really impressed. I'd seen them a little bit at Indiana, um, and I had an offer from Indiana, so I knew kind of their coaching staff when he was there, so I watched a little bit of their games. I was really impressed with him then, and then he's only gotten better from there. I mean, I think – I don't. Jaden Daniels had a really good year, but Penix had a great year. If, if he played like that all year, I mean, he was he was super impressive. And you know, Texas is a good football team. Yeah, they were, were kind of banged up in the secondary, and they didn't have the best secondary in the country, but they're still a playoff team, and you know, beat some really really good teams. So the way that he made them look was really impressive. Uh, we'll get to Michigan Washington in a moment, but uh, like your show could be, it's a free free flowing conversation. Absolutely. And you mentioned Indiana offering you. Uh, what other schools offered you holding to be a, a quarterback? Oh, I mean, literally every school offered me to be a quarterback. So the myth of someone, whatever person tweeted out that or made it up that I got offered as I never got offered as a tight end in my career. The only team that even mentioned anything about that was Syracuse. Okay. Um, and they said that they didn't offer left-handed quarterbacks and they thought I was a good athlete. But other than that, all quarterbacks. That is, uh, I feel yeah. like you could be, you could sue them for yeah. discrimination so, or something. That's yeah. a, uh, so how about the Alabama twelfth hour call? Uh, let's uh, speaking of myths, we always <laughs> like Nick Saban called you like last minute trying to get yes, you to the Bama. Morning of, morning of signing day, yes. So I, uh, so I was supposed to sign at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and once all that happened, them and Florida offered me. Dan Mullen was recruiting me in Mississippi State, and then literally got the job at Florida within like couple hours um they offered me there 
So once I told Coach Mo that and Coach Peterson who were here, they were like, yeah, could you sign the next morning? Like, could you, <laughs> could you sign at 8 a.m. the next morning? So I, I knew I was going there. I mean, it definitely made me think about it, but at the same time, like, I, wouldn't, I wasn't going to go to Bama at all. Florida made me think about it a little bit just because I'm a Tebow fan, grew up watching Tebow yeah. and all that, but never been there. Um, now, you weren't going to sign at Bama because... Just their offense didn't fit me. I mean, I, they ran... Same with Georgia. Georgia offered me a couple months before signing day, and uh, they run a pro-style offense. Not now that it wouldn't fit me, but what I was trying to play in college mm. was more of an up-tempo spread offense where I could kind of show what I could do, and um, ECU definitely fit that 100 times more. Man, uh, so old Naylor's... That, that, if you're a Pirate <laughs> fan, you've got to like hearing that, that uh, spurns some of those offers. So, like, Florida, just because of the Tebow connection, what other school... I know uh, Dave Doran was pretty hot after yeah, you. They, uh, I mean, yeah, they definitely – their coaching – their coach is definitely recruited. Like, if ECU wasn't ECU, I would have went to State in a heartbeat. Yeah. If that's uh, that makes sense. Uh, after watching the State-Carolina game, I almost tweeted out something nice about Dave Doran, <laughs> but I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, how, how do you like him personally? I, I think he's a good dude. Um, I mean, obviously, it's hard to – you know cheer for a guy if you're a fan as a rival so <laughs> yeah. i mean i see where people you know he's definitely edgy and stuff like that but right yeah from when he was recruiting me though i mean we had a good relationship and even after um a lot of coaches kind of you know would delete you off their social media and all that and he wasn't one of those guys every time we played <laughs> me would come up and um you know dap me up tell me good luck and tell him you know how proud of he was of me in my career and stuff so he was always super nice to me and i mean i appreciated kind of the way you know because i called it the coaches that i didn't commit to um on signing or on commitment day when i committed to ecu i like i called him beforehand and let him know i was going to ecu just parents thought that was a good idea and just kind of yeah. let him know so he didn't hear from someone else so. i mean that you handled everything the right way even you saying that you told what peterson and uh coach mo about these other schools coming yeah. after you like you had the communication going both ways yeah i mean i my thing was, you know, I wanted someone – I knew I was going to be loyal to ECU, and I just wanted them to know that from the start for one. And then, you know, once I committed, you know, I sat down with my family. And look, I knew – I committed before my senior year, so I knew I was going to get more offers. Um, but, you know, I knew that ECU was the place I wanted to be, so I didn't really need to wait for those offers. And then a month later, I, after I commit, Georgia offers me, tries to get me to go on an official visit there and didn't go because, you know, I knew – I didn't want to be swayed in any other way than, you know, being a pirate. Holt Naylor's joining us. Uh, kind of ironic that Dave Doran kept you, uh, you know, following you and stuff because he did block me on the X. Did he? I, I don't remember <laughs> why. I'm sure I deserved it, but yeah, Dave Doran's. Uh, I never understood that with college coaches. There's, uh, <laughs> there's a few college coaches out there who block people. So yeah. uh, I don't understand. Uh, that. A lot of people I follow uh, say the Lincoln <laughs> Riley blocked them back in the day. Yeah, so. I've heard that too. I've seen some screenshots of that. So. Which I don't. Hey, I don't call that soft or anything if some if somebody if i opened up my mentions which if i was more famous and successful <laughs> maybe i wouldn't do it as much but in the certain you know uh position i'm in i like interacting with people if i opened it up and just said saw people saying f you and stuff yeah i'd probably block a lot of people too i don't think i've ever blocked any i think the only time I've ever really done that is if, like, they said something about my family or yeah. safety or anything like that. But I really don't even think I blocked them then. I think I just deleted it and moved on with my life because people are like that are just trying to get attention. So, I mean, yeah. this is what it is. If you give them attention by blocking them, then they're just going to tweet a screenshot of it and, <laughs> and give you attention. So Very true. Very true. Uh, Steve says, when entering the NFL draft, what source do players and agents use to protect their draft position fancy mock drafts everywhere what do agents use gm conversations 
I don't know if I do you understand that question? Kind of, not really. <laughs> um, uh, Steve, can you clarify that question a little bit? It was just asking about like mock drafts and stuff. <coughs> That's exactly what it is, is people just guessing. I mean, if you yeah. go to the mock drafts after the draft, they're nowhere close half the time. Um, some some guys are really good at it, but you know they're also the guys that are work making millions of dollars for ESPN who host the drafts. I mean, the normal people out there, ninety nine point nine percent of mock drafts don't mean anything other than obviously the first round you might be able to pick, but yeah. after that, I mean, no one really knows. I feel like somebody puts out one and somebody sees that and then tweaks it yeah, and makes it their exactly. own, and then it's just the domino effect after that. Um, you mentioned uh, Penix a moment ago. Daniels from LSU. Who would be who's your favorite quarterback going into this year's draft? I've seen, of course, Drake May up there. Yep. Caleb Williams uh, has been the number one for like two years now. Uh, so, who, what guys do you like? Talent wise, I mean, I, Caleb Williams, you got to go with, in my opinion. I mean, I've seen some mock drafts with him going like six, and I think that's wild. Um, I mean, he's as talented as any guy that's came out in a really long time. I know he's, you know, his personality might be a little weird. And he's, right. you know, California guy, or he's not even really a California guy, but now he is just from playing at SC. Um, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't take him. I mean, Drake May's really, really talented. This this quarterback class, honestly, is going to be pretty deep. They're going to have five or six guys that could you know go and play next year. And I've never been a huge Bo Nix guy. I felt like that away from home, he really struggles. Home, you can trust him. His yeah. numbers are absolutely absolutely ridiculous. I <laughs> I was impressed with him the couple games that I, I watched. A couple when they played Colorado, I watched. I was really impressed with him. Um, he trains with the same quarterback trainer I've train with so i mean i've been in contact with him i've actually you know i camped with him in high school and stuff when he was in so he's a good dude um but yeah i mean i'm in, i've been impressed with him i like you said i wasn't too much when he was at auburn yeah. and then, uh, even last year i thought he was kind of a system guy but this year i think he really separated and kind of showed what he could do no doubt talking to whole nailers here inside the pirate radio studios on a wednesday edition of pirate radio live uh washington michigan so washington's defense has kind of been questioned all year long i, I think it's a a decent matchup because michigan doesn't necessarily scare you offensively they can certainly beat you down i'm not saying they're bad but uh it feels like a game where washington could maybe hang in and and with Penix and that high-powered offense what can they do against the wolverines defense fascinating to see that matchup how do you uh, think it plays out Holt? um I, th- I want washington to win personally I-, I think their offense is incredible if they play anything like they did versus texas and really all year um then they got a chance because if it gets in if it turns into a shootout which michigan's defense is really good but michigan's not going to win a shootout so they need right. to keep them below at least 30 um and i'm pretty sure they've scored a, over 30 in almost all their games this year so it's going to be tough on michigan's defense now washington's defense as well i mean it's going to you don't play really a pro style offense like that in the pac-12 so you're gonna to have to you know stop the run and i would just force michigan to throw which is kind of wild to say with mccarthy being a you know, top draft prospect but um those two running backs that uh michigan have are, are dangerous Oh, Naylor's joining us coming up Monday. It will be Washington and Michigan for the national championship coming up next Thursday. Uh, the debut of the whole Naylor show on Pirate Radio TV on YouTube, where you get your podcast, and we'll air it here on Pirate Radio as well. Uh, Jamie says, uh, "What is the best thing Morgan has taught Holden?" That's a great That's a question. Great question. Get to know Morgan Ayler's the father. Say, you want a, a heart to heart here? Um, <laughs> he's taught me a lot of things. I mean, he's a great dad, and uh, you know, I've looked up to him my whole life. But um, to narrow it to one is 
impossible, but you know, he's uh, we've had a lot of great memories together, and I'll always cherish you know our memories of cheering for ECU when you're younger, and you know now you know this kind of next step of life of me playing and then you know post playing too you be able to talk ball with them talk ECU sports so uh just our conversations you know I've always enjoyed it I I give I mean I got to give a ton of credit to Morgan of how I mean you as a a college kid and the way you handled things was great but Morgan the yeah the dad who wants to protect his son at all costs (laughs) and for him not to lose his mind the last four or five years uh been pretty incredible uh the way he's uh, been able to handle things so uh credit to morgan for that and you know he, he came on this show and uh if you threw two picks we <laughs> talked about that if you threw for 404 touchdowns we talked about that so um he, he knew kind of how it was going to be when you signed yeah, on to play here at ecu sure. but man he uh and you know your whole family handled it as good as you could yeah i was gonna say it's really all my whole family i mean he was behind the mic a lot and kind of in the spotlight but my mom my brother um my friends my roommates like there's a lot of rough times uh especially those early years and really every loss is a hard time i mean hate to say it but i mean you get all sorts of hate mail and everything not just about you like i said earlier i mean you get about your family too so um i knew i could deal with it but you know for them to deal with it i'm sure they uh five years was enough for them and uh, (laughs) they couldn't go the six or seven route like some of these quarterbacks are now but yeah i mean i'm i'm we look back now and we cherish it but there was times when it was it was super hard Glad it uh, it certainly had a happy ending here uh, at East Carolina. Kicked off the show talking ECU basketball. Pirates losing to FAU last night on the road back home this uh, Sunday facing Tulsa. Trying to pick up conference win number one on the year. The women took out some frustration after losing to South Carolina on Saturday by putting up 80 plus points last night in a victory over UTSA so ECU women 1-0 in conference play Holden uh, if you were put on the basketball court let's say in your which you're, you're still in your prime you're in your, your you know your playing shape um, what would your stat line look like oh. in, a, in a college basketball game in college you pull down three uh, rebounds, maybe three fouls, uh, <laughs> one rebound, and getting benched after that. <laughs> Did you? So you played at Conley. How many years did you play Conley? I played two years. So I played my freshman year, my junior year. Um, kind of weird, weird that that was. But I love basketball. I always tell people if I could choose one sport to like go pro in and be good at, it'd be basketball. Yeah, percent. It doesn't kill your body as much. I uh, can practice it on your own. I mean, I can't. I can't go throw to a wall. True. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I could, but it probably wouldn't work out too well. So, uh, basketball seems to be the. Uh, I've always thought. I've always thought that that would be the the funnest one to to go pro in. Old Naylor's joining us. Uh, your old uh, throwing buddy, and you've had a few of them. But Isaiah Winstead, uh, it's still on with the Niners, right? He got cut. Oh no! When got did he get cut, cut? About a week ago. Yeah. Dang, so I'm trying to trying to get him on with with Arlington with me. Oh man, uh, well that would be cool, but. Um, Isaiah is uh, so hopefully he'll jump on with the league. Who else? Uh, Keaton Mitchell. I know Keaton. this week we posted his uh, post surgery yep. pictures and video. But um, man, uh, what an impact he had with the Ravens. He did, Detroit. man. He's gonna have a really good career. Um, it, I mean, he'll be back fine and better and faster than ever. Um, excited to see his career. I mean, we knew he was an NFL guy. We knew he was an All World type guy when he was here. So um, anyone that's surprised that's not an ECU fan. Should just watch his college tape. Yeah, no doubt. Ryan Jones is he still yeah, with the he's Giants? Still, he's with the Giants. Yep. So nice. uh, he's doing good. Talked to him the other day. So yeah. CJ, where's CJ at now? He's playing with the in the UFL with me. Um, not with me. He's, right. he's playing for the Defenders. 
All right, good deal in D.C. So, uh, yeah, trying to keep up with uh, these former Pirates and where they are right now. Tyler Sneed won a Grey Cup. He did. That was awesome. Balled out, too, yeah. Talked to him right before that Grey Cup, and uh, he really enjoyed his time up there in Canada. We'll see if he continues to go that route or if he's back here in the States. A lot of of options, which is a good thing for guys now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that was one of my things was, like, you know, choosing which league to play in, whether Canada or UFL, and um just if if your goal is to get back into the nfl i thought it was a little bit better my agent did too to to play in the ufl and uh you know see the timing the timing matches up better than the the canadian league does um oh holden naylor's former ecu quarterback arlington renegades quarterback host the holden naylor show josh said saying why not add former greenville little league all-star to holden's banner why i mean not? we could i mean that's kind of that's up to holton but uh josh would like to see that added hey uh chandler we got an invite from uh from halftime don he says how about a pre-game meal with halftime steve and courtside don this sunday he said have chandler get with steve to let us know you want to go eat with the old folks so what time's the game three yes at three o'clock so old people like them eat dinner at like two o'clock anyway in the <laughs> yeah. afternoon right so yeah. we'll, we'll have dinner with you uh courtside don sounds like a good idea yep. we're doing that uh, all right we'll go check out some pirate hoops this uh this sunday holding uh talk to kate and hauser here on the show have you had any communication at all with uh with yeah kate? so i got to meet him um they wanted me to meet him when he came on a visit here so i got a chance to sit down with him just talk about what this community is you know what ecu football is and um we've kind of communicated back and forth then but you know seems like a good kid seems like he's invested into it and um Look, we need a quarterback, so uh, hopefully he's the guy. From what I'm gathering from our 10-minute phone conversation and from what John David Baker said yesterday, uh, seems very mature and the buy-in, like, seems very serious about it. Yeah, he does, and and that's what I was impressed with, too. So hopefully it uh, converts to some wins. Uh, Cole Hodge, a a quarterback commit, of course, and I asked uh, John David Baker yesterday about Alex Flynn and – it still seems to me holding up in the air. I don't know if you know anything as yeah. far as Alex Flynn playing or, or not playing next year. Yeah, I think he's still making a decision, and he might even go through spring uh, spring ball and then kind of make a decision from there. But, I mean, look, he's going to help whatever room he's in, whether he's playing or not. So, uh, you know, I hope he does decide to do it. But he's also going to be like a doctor one day, so yeah. he might have uh, bigger and better things to, to move on to. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It, you can speak to it more so than I, but you are certainly the leader on offense and not the only leader of the team, but you had a presence. I think guys would go to war for you and trust you. You, you, kinda, you need that at the quarterback position, and, and I'm outside looking in. I didn't see that really with Alex, with his demeanor, and, and I don't know if Mason had it either. I just feel like we were maybe lacking in that department. What, what's your thoughts on yeah, that? I think anytime you run a two-quarterback system, it's hard for one True. guy to just – take over because yeah. um, if he was taking over on the field then he'd be starting the full time um, so and then look I mean Flynn went into the years the backup and you know his he's never when I was there he never really got reps so he kind of got thrown into that role um, so I mean and he's playing in Ann Arbor Michigan yeah <laughs> in front of 107,000 <laughs> yeah. you know third drive of the game so or third drive of the season um, so, I mean, it, look, anytime you have two quarterbacks, like I said, it's going to be hard for one guy to take over, but you would like for someone to, and obviously, you know, that wasn't the case this year. And I think Rajay did a good job of leading him and a couple of others, but you know, you got to have a leader at quarterback. You know, that's where it starts. Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully that can, and this ECU offense can 
catch up with the defense to see Antoine Jackson entering the transfer portal, Taylor Jackson as well. But yep. holding it, you would think this defense is going to come back and, and be pretty solid next year, especially uh, Blake Harrell sticks around. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think I think Coach Harrell's here for the next year. Um, I mean, I think if he would have got a new job, it would have already happened. Right. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but you know, we hopefully you know our defense continues to play the way they do, and you know our new OC and you know some of these new transfers come in and turn the offense around. It'd be a you know fun season. I like the way John David Baker talks about this is because we talked about it earlier in the show. Mike Houston, I don't know if he's he's got a hot seat, but but needs to win after a down year yep. last year. Uh, and John David Baker in his press conference said this is not a like a rebuilding thing. This is a, hey, I've got six months to figure this out yeah. and put an offense on the field. Sounds like there's a sense of urgency. Yeah, there is. I mean, I think so. And I think, you know, they're not dumb. They know they got to win this year. And look, I mean, we had a good thing going, but you know, you go 2-10 you go anywhere in the country, you're going to be on the hot seat a little bit. And, yeah. You know, I love Coach Houston. I think he's a great coach and we will win here and we will win next year. Um, but with this conference, I mean, ECU has all the resources to go out there and win and, you know, hopefully we do next year. Pike, uh, speaking of coaching, says, Holden, what path would you need to take to become an offensive coordinator at ECU? <laughs> well, Pike, he's still playing right now. Let's let's chill on that. Uh, any interest in coaching yeah. down the line? Yeah, um, I've, I've had some talks with some coaches, and including Coach Houston, about coaching at ECU. So, uh, you know, maybe down the road when I'm when you decide to hang it up, I'll get into it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I would love that job and love that life so you know maybe if i can uh you know start start down low and work my way up we'll, we'll have to see and you've got somewhat speaking of experience uh and with camps with training i know for a fact there's like kids that text you and and yeah. stuff and so you've kind of already got a little foot in the door there training uh younger guys right yeah yeah i mean i train guys there in high school now too i mean i have you know trained with some of the best quarterback coaches in the world really i mean the guy that I train with out of QB country trains 15 starting NFL quarterbacks. He's probably the best quarterback trainer in the world, if not top two. And, you know, learning from him, I literally lived, you know, in Mobile for three months, you know, learning from him, literally learning, you know, the strength side of it, the flexibility side of it, not just the quarterback side, and then the mental side too. Um, so, I mean, I think if the time came, I mean, there's been some serious discussions about, you know, getting into coaching when my career is done with. And, there was a debate whether to get into coaching now and not even play in the UFL. So, I mean, those mm. conversations have already kind of started, and, you know, there will be a decision whenever I'm done playing, uh, you know, if I if I want to get into coaching or not. And you're already, uh, you know, getting your name out there, creating uh, some pathways and things like that. That's always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Holden, what is the – could you answer that with the number one attribute for a quarterback? That you, I mean, there's so many things with arm oh, strength and yeah, accuracy I mean, and leadership and – like is it what stands out the most to you? You can name a few if you want, but I mean, I think um, physically wise, I mean, you got to be accurate, and you, at least a little bit. And you got to you can definitely get better with accuracy. And I've heard guys say you can't you can't um, get more accurate or anything like that. Well, I think that's a lie. I mean, I got way more accurate throughout my career working on fundamentals and tighten up some things, but. Um, I just think you know, a baseline of accuracy and then arm strength you can work on too. But then mental side of it, I mean, you got to be a hard worker. You got to be the hardest worker. You got to be a leader. Um, you got to have heart and guys got you. You got to have guys that want to follow you. If you don't got, if you're not a quarterback of your high school and guys aren't following you, then you're probably not going to be do do that good of at a co- in college when you know the the 
going gets tough yeah i mean that it's a lot harder in college so um those are just a few yeah and i mean you experienced uh some adversity maybe more than you even wanted to but yeah helped you uh get stronger at the end and certainly uh had guys leading we've really got to do more to raise awareness for left-handed quarterbacks as a people because i asked Holton, i said there's two there's got to be more than that and uh holton says no it was him and Tua, and that was it yeah now there's two <laughs> now there's two there was two and now there's two up and that's it uh robert getting in a last minute question here holden uh what was the toughest american athletic conference defense you faced question cincinnati one. when sauce gardner was there it was uh it was pretty tough yeah uh although you and cj picked on kobe bryant pretty big one day kobe was... bryant was one of my teammates in seattle so we uh <laughs> i let him hear it a few times that was awesome uh and he also said fastest uh fastest d best d line you faced how about best d line best you D-line. faced in college um whew, uh, that's a good one. probably houston 2021 they had a really good d-line then really underrated um they had a couple nfl guys on it so probably them uh, cincinnati always had good d-lines they had a good couple i played them in like their prime years um when they made the playoff and stuff but probably probably houston 2021 i want to say that was the night the braves beat the dodgers to advance to the world series and the night that y'all's game got suspended for so long is that yes, the houston that was, game yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah uh that was a weird night uh because well a, it was awesome watching the Braves uh, do that and get to the World Series. And B, you guys were right there with Houston and yeah. should have won the game, right? Yeah, yeah we should have won. We, uh, I think we even went into overtime. Yeah, it did yeah. Into overtime. Uh, um, Brian Jones uh, fumbled, yeah, I believe, we like in a OT. Yeah, jet sweep to him. Yeah, um, yeah so we, uh, we could have beat him. We should have beat him, but uh, yeah. Holton, uh, great to walk down memory lane with you. And looking forward to the Holton Naylor Show coming up next Thursday on Pirate Radio TV on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. We'll hear it here on Pirate Radio. I know you're excited. Congratulations on continuing your football career as well uh, in the UFL. I appreciate it. It's been fun uh, coming on. And, you know, looking forward to the future. Looking forward to the podcast. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.